The Hard Yards on Sports Joe. Brought to you by Innocent Super Smoothies. On the bright side. To the short side. Before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. Hi Rob, Zeeb's here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. Oh, and Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score! Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. We have another great show lined up for you today as Pat McCarry has made the trip back from Bilbao to join us. How are you? Hola. Oh, jeez, that's good. <laughs> sun-kissed. Yeah, sun-kissed, Pat. Like, hat, like that, yeah. Uh, we're joined by James Downey. Jimmy. Andy, how are you? And Owen O'Malley. How are you? I am well. Um, Jimmy, you've been playing. <laughs> yeah. I was over in... Um uh, UK last week um, playing in Paul Dupuy's testimonial so it was good to got to play with some of the All Saints boys um, it's good fun bit of crack it was quite interesting we were just talking there Ben Foden had played 80 minutes on the well 70 got sinned after 2 minutes in his last game but uh, played uh, 70 minutes for Northampton on the Saturday turned up on the Sunday a little worse for wear but still put in a, a good 70 minute performance on the Sunday fair play no it was great crack though it was uh, Good to get back and get the boots on, but I'm happily retired now. Happily retired. Hap- I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you stepped on the field, Owen? Oh, it's yeah, six years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and Jack McGrath passed me out chasing for a ball, so I think I knew <laughs> I, I knew what I was doing that day. So uh, I tried to get back playing after the injury and played bits of about four or five games, but um, yeah, couldn't move. Standing a pillar at the side of a rook for most of the game was was as far as I got. Yeah. Uh, what do you do now to keep fit? Um, it's getting harder. I'm, I'm just going to the gym a bit, to be honest. Nothing exciting, yeah. so it's definitely getting very, <laughs> getting very hard at the moment. But um, yeah, there's a couple of lads just just going in and out with them as much as I can. Yeah, talk to our fitness expert beside us here, yes. Jimmy, looking trim. <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> um, we did have a bit of rugby this weekend. Uh, this has been a decent old run for the Hard Yards Cha- um, Grand Slam <laughs> yeah. and now Champions Cup win Lanster victorious uh, you made a good point there Jimmy before we came in um, there was a lot of similarities to the Ireland-France match at the start of the Grand Slam expedition what did you mean by that? I think when you look at the way the um, the Irish lads went into that French game and the conditions and how it actually it's such a leveller like you know you kind of um, when you get out in that field and you kind of have those conditions I think from a perspective of um, that slippy ball that's a leveller like complete leveller you know especially and, and so we were talking about before me and Pat or well, all of us were about how um, when you have uh, when Ireland are going in and we're favourites and we want it to rain and <laughs> now, we're, now we're not we just want a dry track and we're pissed off that it's not a dry track mm. Um it's just flipped how uh, much we think about it. Like I just a, think that's an amazing turnaround yeah. for those of us who grew up in sort of you know eighties and nineties when Ireland were rubbish and we wanted all the levellers we could get, and now we don't yeah. because we, the odds are in Ireland's favour, in Leinster's favour, and that and that ten point game that was not a ten point game we saw on uh, on Saturday. No, it was a pretty brutal game to be honest. Like, but like it's. 
you've got to give credit to the French and they're playing the conditions and they did exactly what the French did in Paris um, slowed down frustrated Leinster frustrated Johnny um, they weren't getting any change whatsoever um, I, I think as, as you said before Pat that uh, Teddy Abraham said that if they kept going till the next next 24 hours they still wouldn't have scored a try Yeah he was interviewed in um, this morning's Smitty Olympique and he said if they hadn't been so ill-disciplined at the end Leinster could have attacked till tomorrow mm. they weren't crossing that line and that second half is, is what it looked like going like Leinster yeah. did not create any chances in that second half the Rassen defence was fantastic Yeah it was it was really good I think their line speed was phenomenal and I'm a little bit surprised they didn't turn them a bit more and put the ball in the corners but Obviously, they were trying to get around them and trying to play some rugby, but I thought the difference really was the Leinster looked like they just know how to win. And, you know, you could say they got a little bit lucky with Lambie, with Carter, things like that, but I still think they're a team that knows how to win, and you can't really buy that on those big days, you know? Mm. What was the reaction, Pat, in the, uh, in the press box with Carter going out and then Lambie, you know, being knocked out of the game after only, what, just shy of three minutes? Yeah, it, it felt like everything was going Leinster's way. It, it almost felt a bit like the. I think was it the second test that the Lions test where the Lions were getting all the penalties and the injuries and the I think they had the was it the yellow card descending off in the Lions test Sonny Bill Williams as well and it was like everything was going in their favour but like they still weren't building on it like and it was just like yeah. it was getting handed to them on a plate but yet they hadn't done anything yet and it was such a slow like a weird game to watch like I remember there's two moments I looked up at the clock in the stadium and it was like 32 minutes gone at one stage under time it was 64 and I was just saying this game hasn't started yet like it there was no real moments of kind of fluidity or anything like that and um, yeah just like Rassing were just playing such a high line like I just kept thinking Lenser were going to give away an intercept try at any stage like and because um, they're just pressing so high and then when it came to the rooks like there was just lads just always every rook lying on the wrong side of the rook arms up in the air sorry about that and they were just getting away with it and uh, yeah Rassing they like I don't know who had done it with them but they drilled so hard and they'd done their homework so hard and they'd looked out for the likes of like Toner's always kind of coming in beyond the ruck and pushing lads out of the way he was getting wrung by his neck out of the way Dan Levy they saw him as a danger man as well and just if anybody could kind of lay a hit on, on Levy or kind of do anything extra to him or turn him over they were patting him on the head giving him grief as well but yeah it was such a strange game to watch like the um, you kept thinking Leinster were going to kick off at any stage like what's the spark what's it going to be and it ended up not coming until the last 10 minutes and Ringrose I think provided it but um, yeah a, a strange final to watch like that, that was the first time that Leinster led that whole yeah. game you know and it's, it's the 70. 90 seconds to go yeah exactly yeah. but I think Owen makes a good point that um, they know how to win they didn't get frustrated a lot of teams I think would have actually collapsed and, and gone oh what are we doing what are we doing like with this defence this high line just kept plugging away kept plugging away and eventually as you say that knowing being an ability to actually know how to finish games and know how to win mm. uh, Leinster certainly have that don't they like you know and it's uh, and, and, and even when you lose someone like Johnny who's not kicking well who's got a groin injury and then the Siva can step up it's that was an, that's possibly an underplayed moment because that was not a gimme kick and it wasn't clear to those of us at least sort of not in the 15 Leinster players in the field that Sexton wasn't taking that kick um, and Nathalie just strides up strokes it over like it was kick and practice is that the first one yeah yeah, that was, that tough was a tougher one, one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean the, the, the one in front of the post look any yeah. any competent kicker at that level is going to get that kick yes the circumstances are tense but they'll get, they're getting that kick the first one was not a gimme um, and I thought that was that was balls now from the day to do that. Yeah, yeah, and and actually there was there was another interesting one where 
Sexton, he had to kick from the halfway line and he it nearly went, it was a daisy cutter, like it went really wrong. But then he got another one soon after and he was almost a little bit closer, but Sexton said, I'll take that again. It was almost to prove a point that he could do it. Then he missed another one after that. It was He had the distance, but it just went right, wide to the right. But then maybe after that, he was just like, it's, I'm not feeling it here, I'm a little bit tight. But it's happened a few times now, hasn't it, in the last few months? I think it's, it's, actually, yeah. it's really interesting that the confidence, people have talked about the confidence in, in self that Leo Cullen had to be able to bring Stuart Lancaster in. You have the, conf- the confidence of self that Jonathan Sexton has to know himself mm. and to say, do you know what, it's actually better I don't take yeah. this. And that's really impressive. Yeah, it is. I think it's it, when you've kicked a 45-metre drop goal in Paris, <laughs> it's quite easy because people don't doubt that you're walking away from it, you know, and, and he's kicked so many match winners in the time. But Nasiba is unbelievable. Like, he's a guy who hasn't played a huge amount of rugby this year, certainly in the last couple of months. He's, at the end of his career, he's fairly bashed up at this stage, but he has done it so many times for Leinster, just match-winning moments. And they're always in the big days. You look to the other Heineken Cups, uh, the, the games he's played in those matches, Try scored against Leicester and uh, Aviva, whatever year that was, but um, he's produced a huge amount for Leinster and possibly the best foreign signing of all time for any Irish club, really. Yeah. Mm, certainly in terms of quality and just sheer number of games, man, he's he's been value, isn't he? What he brings outside of the outside of the actual pitch as well, you know, he's he is huge in building that winning mentality and building. You know, uh, Leinster don't go too high or too low from one match to the next. You know, they're always just kind of going about their business. You know, and Leinster or East is a huge amount of of what kind of changed that when when he came into the place. You know, with Chex and with Joe. Yeah. So, so your time, your time when you were playing there. I mean, you 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 retired at twenty five. So let's say you when you're about nineteen twenty when you made your debut. Uh, it would have been nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when you're there, what is Isa doing that's outside the lines that is that is making the impact of Isa Natewa the impact of Isa Natewa? He, he first of all arrived and played kind of out half for a couple of for half a season maybe for member and everyone we kind of didn't really get it with him you know thinking this guy isn't at the races and what all the fuss is about. Obviously, then uh, a few years on, he's he's proved everyone fairly wrong, but. Um, I think for as a younger guy coming in, I probably didn't realise what Issa was doing behind the scenes for a couple of years because he's not a guy who talks too much. You know, he talks and pretty irregularly, but people do listen. But he's a huge influence in the leaders group, things like that, like the little things, like the cultural, the habits, things like that. That's what Issa drives the whole time, you know, and he's kind of driving the humble side of things. He doesn't want, you know, people celebrating tries, people celebrating wins too much. It's kind of that's the expectation and we're on to the next thing you know mm. so it's just a different a different mentality to it and it, it, I think what he drives is is a consistency rather than um, rather than just getting up for one big game two big games he just wants it every time and it, he's mm. just so professional with it yeah that's going to be important this week we'll come back to Leinster Munster this week but that aspect is going to be very important um, for Leinster this week um, Pat you had an interesting chat after the game with, uh, with Dunnick O'Ryan yeah. I might listen to that now. Just looking at the arm, is this from the shoulder? You took a knock early in the game. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bit of a bang in the first um, first half from the line out. So um, yeah, sure, look, it's, it's, it's all part of it. Anyway. It's rugby. Yeah, and that was the line out, wasn't it? That you kind of you came down awkwardly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so. you were never going to go off at that stage, were you? Uh, well, sure, look, it's not many th- not many times you get to play in a final, so you just just suck it up and get on with it, really. So yeah, that's that's basically it. Is there any kind of consolation for yourself to kind of know that you went out and you delivered? 
Herbert, you know, like you, you kind of did your part, and you guys actually did well at nullifying Leinster, but just, you know, like at least yeah. you, you went out to do a lot of the job that you, you set out to do. I mean, it's more, uh, I don't know, we probably made a lot of mistakes, but, but our discipline wasn't 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 um, wasn't where it needed to be, I suppose, and especially in the final, we was a lot of pressure at stake. But um, yeah, it was just it was just uh, disappointing, especially having put um, put a lot of pressure on Leinster as well. Obviously, they're they're, they're an excellent side, obviously champions now, and um, with the last ten minutes, I suppose we, when we had we did have uh, three point advantage to to give away a few few silly penalties that we that we didn't need to do. Um, just just pretty unfortunate because I think I thought our defence was was really well. Uh, when they made a few line breaks, we scrambled pretty well as well, which was good. It was just needed to take. Uh, just chatting to the the touch judges are really they're really good actually. Just uh, just giving us. Um, Feedback on, on the pitch, saying, "Look, just give that extra meter." And um, look, it just told in the last last uh, last ten minutes. And uh, look, Leinster, as I say, kept uh, before it, they um, they kept coming, and you know they obviously are worth 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 a win. And any kind of complaints with a couple of decisions that went your way? I see when when Barnes and the touch judges were going up to get their medals, it was, it was kind of round booze from everywhere. No one was completely happy with them. But anything that you might look back on and kind no, of go, not at all. No, I thought I thought they were great. I thought they were great. They were a very good team. Uh, mm. The the, um, the the three lads Tom uh, JP and Wayne um, they're, they're, they they talk to players uh, really really well a, much, a lot on the pitch and it's great and um, yeah look it was frustrating as a spectacle I'd say to, to watch you know because it wasn't many really tries but yeah look I, it's a, it's a it's a tough gig being being a, being a ref and um, look they're they're they're, they're top they're top class and what are you saying to the lads there like you hit the front actually you're in the front for the third minute onwards but you hit the mm. front again in the I think 72nd 73rd minute yeah. What are you saying to the boys there? Like, kind of, you know, Lens are going to come and, and hit yeah. us back again, aren't you? Well, that was that was it. We put up a box kick, I suppose, and it was a silly, silly tip tackle by um, by one lads. You know, we'd be disappointed to give it away. And I think Rob Kearney and uh, after he was doing the box kicks, we just put the pressure back on again. All we had to do was just make our t- simple, make the tackles, and then um, then just just uh, just put the pressure back on Lens. We could make force them to make a move. Unfortunately, we made the move for them, and um, that was just disappointing. It's just disappointing to, as I said, discipline to let, uh, let us down. And it was always one of these battles that people were setting up before the game. It was you against James Ryan. Mm. You know, it's, maybe it's just a, it's an easy thing to do, but yeah. uh, you had a great game, and James had a, an unbelievable game as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's, he's a great player. Yeah, and uh, yeah, look, he's he's playing a fantastic season as well. So yeah, it's great to see, uh, great great watching him in Ireland as well. Yeah. And the last thing I was going to say to you is, did you get a chance to go into the the Lancer dressing room? Even and share a beer with them at the end of the game. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I think it was had a beer with the, re- the refs and uh, had a beer with um, uh, Ty Furlong and and Johnny there afterwards as well. And good chat there with Leo as well. So it's, it's kind of hard to kind of catch up with everybody, but uh, yeah, it's, you try and do your best as well. But uh, I wouldn't want to wreck their boys anyway. <laughs> well, listen, good luck at the rest of the season. Yeah. Top fourteen as well. Cheers. Uh, so Dunne Karine, um head head high. Even in defeat and setting up future wins by going to have a beer with the refs <laughs> after the game. You were laughing when the, when that uh, happened there. That's pure Dunnock and Ryan. That's <laughs> all that is. But you can, you can sense uh, how frustrated he is as well in, in the interview um, with Pat there. Like, you know, it's just some of the French things that they do. It's the small little things. Um, it's those easy penalties that they're giving away, you know, from like a tip tackle. And then, I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but we've got that Teddy Tomah. What we're, is he doing? We'll come back There's to that. Okay. That is, that is circled. The Teddy Tomah segment It'll, later on. I think <laughs> there will be, yeah. But we will talk about the officials. Um, okay. So there was a couple of things there. He said that the 
they thought the feedback from the touch judges was really good just an extra yard an extra yard now when you're watching it looked as if they were offside half the time but mm. he said no we were getting feedback and the officials are the only ones that count on the day there's been a lot of talk about Wayne Barnes was was he good was he not good did he get things right or wrong Jimmy first and then Antoine um, I didn't think it was his best game but for both teams to be honest okay. um, from previous dealings with Wayne Barnes he does like to be a bit of the centre of attention um, he likes to make decisions that can have an influence on the game um, I know like he sent off uh, Dylan Hartley in that final um, in the UK and look it's so it was kind of about him but I did look I, I think he was just a bit inconsistent you know like Leonie Nakarawa is not gone like he knew his yellow should have been a straight yellow mm. Like the reaction uh, of Nakarawa himself said I'm walking Completely. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. thought he was very. Some of the, some of the things was inconsistent. But look for both teams. You know, I think it was. I think um, there was no handout for advantage a lot of the time. Um, like suddenly it was a penalty and there was no advantage at all. While I think a different ref might have let it play a little bit more. Um, the, the touch judges were certainly influential because play was going on and all of a sudden he get something in the ear and he was going back to bring it back for a penalty so there was a lot in the ear um, Owen you could hear it coming through uh, JB Doyle and I forget the second touch judge it escapes me no, um, as well, yeah. uh, and a lot of them just talking that's a good thing we want to hear the, the official communicate um, but what was your perception of the performance I don't yeah I didn't really think it was great I think uh, I kind of get confused by the times I thought uh, he probably I don't know which team which side he favoured really to be honest with you I just thought as a game he he just slowed it up and I think the conditions the physicality of it all was going to go that way anyway but it's just the amount of times he blowed his whistle uh, like I don't know how it compares to the game but it certainly it seemed like a huge amount and any time didn't get a massive amount of phases in any part of the game you know and and obviously that's when things start to get a little bit looser and guys get a bit more space but it seemed like it didn't ever really go there with unless it was very tight around the rook yeah it's something that Mike Prendergast had talked about last week where he said that um, that Racing were very very good at, at creating line speed and this was disrupting French teams but he thought that Leinster might bring something different in just that huge huge multi-phase attack as in sort of into the 20s yeah. and you're right we never really got there what I, what I was saying um, even about that Barnes was just that he'd kind of set a precedent for himself so like I think early in the game Leinster had a soft penalty where mm-hmm. Kearney went low and there was a kind of an arm around him like that but Kearney ducked into the tackle and he gave the penalty to Leinster but then he kept giving penalties if guys were ducking into tackles and, and you talked about Mark Andrew as well being only 5'7", 5'8", and he's ducking as well and like Levy's reaching over what's Levy going to do here like he's so like Barnes had kind of done that thing where he's he's such a stickler for the rules then that he stuck to it for the rest of the game and and as I said, yeah, just you just saw the the Racing boys always on the wrong side of the rook as well. But but then they no Barnes, they played him very well, like you know, and and it was up to Lancer then to kind of you know work to that as well. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see that um, you know the both sets of guys booing him. And I actually saw there was a an exchange between Raj and Matt Williams on on Twitter yesterday about the game as well, where. Williams was talking about them slowing the game up and Raj was telling him to watch the game back and stuff and maybe just defending his racing boys yeah a little bit maybe yeah <laughs> the um, the Teddy Toma segment we start into that now wow <laughs> yeah wow, so, wow, wow what a brain fart yeah so if there's anyone out there who perhaps watched the game and then went and had a couple afterwards to discuss the game and maybe had a couple on Sunday as well mm-hmm. you might have forgotten about this but maybe you didn't so it's a coming up to 
it's Leinster have an attack mm-hmm. uh, they've got a line out Leonie Nakarawa robs the line out at the front beautiful steal taps it down it gets given to Teddy Tama who's about I'm going to say 18 yards in from touch inside his 22 Jimmy what happens next? I don't know something goes on in his his brain he obviously sees something that no one else sees I think he was looking to run it initially and then he just steps back back in towards the pack and towards touch and closer to touch and I was like oh my god I'm like, and you can see the faces on the racing players uh, from the line 8 having done such good work to be in such a, a, a like a poor position from the knock on effect to Nakarawa's penalty to being inside their own 22 like um, um, championship minutes you know last couple of minutes and then into touch turnover again and you're like oh like you can just see the shock like arms go up in the air and ultimately leads to the leads to the penalty that lends to win the game from like it's it's mind boggling what he's thinking there I don't know what he's thinking um, does he know what he's thinking I don't know yeah. it's, it's shocking and it's was, absolutely shocking I was just saying there was an ocean of space on the left as well all they had to do is they could have even got a try like Leinster were that committed it all they had to do was go left and for some reason he just goes right like and yeah oh and he really had to try to get bundled out into touch I, from there I think I think that's um, it's, it's such a French thing isn't it like the penalties that they gave away yeah. mistakes like that like I thought they did control that game for a lot of it but then there's the sloppy mad things and they are brain farts whatever you want to call them they're inexplicable you know and it's um, it is just every time those French teams just can't seem to do it for what was a pretty structured performance from Racing for most of it with just a few blips in it that were you can hear Donegal Ryan kind of being pretty um, he's very frustrated you know but he's being pretty polite about it as well as being pretty polite about the ref but mm. um, obviously he's trying to be graceful in defeat with it but I'd say he must be furious yeah after the so again um, Mid-Olympic had a, just a headline but why Teddy in a whole article <laughs> on just this um, <laughs> said Toma and Tellez uh, Tellez missed the, the drop goal at the at the end to hopefully bring in extra time if you're racing um, they both stayed inside the dressing room for an hour and just then left and of course they didn't realise that the reporters would still be there waiting dutifully I pulled the chair up at one stage I was waiting for that long but yeah t- <laughs> Teddy he, he, what's it uh, he was, he was, he was, he was fantastic. fantastic. He, was brilliant, he had a great yeah. game, and he was, yeah. he dominated the mix zone. Then he was there in his slip-on shoes and his bag over shoulder, <laughs> chatting for an hour, like, and some of the other boys kind of sneaking past in the background. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, well, you could see, like, um, you know, like the French guys are always good for access. They're always like, you know, they'll have ten or twelve guys coming out, but you could probably forgive the guys for just kind of maybe taking the back door out onto the team bus. I think you could. It's you know, these are big moments. And they're people, you know, and it's going to hit people in different ways. And some people can deal with these things in different ways. Um, but listen, he's he's a fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll have other days. Um, one little uh, nice moment at the very end was when Leinster lifted the trophy. Mm. Uh, Jordy Murphy appeared at the front. Uh, that was unexpected, Pat. Yeah, and they had to, um, you know, he didn't want to do it as well. And they all kind of pushed him to the front and... Yeah, and for a while it almost looked like they wanted him to lift it on his own mm. but then he kind of gave Issa a nudge and Issa kind of helped him out and the two of them lifted it together but a uh, really nice moment and they often kind of do that with, with departing players but yeah it was a nice touch Yeah Issa talked about that after the game And Jordy Jordy's been phenomenal he's um, such a dedicated player uh, he's you know plays with his heart on his sleeve and will just give it his all so um, you know pretty fitting for him to uh, have an outstanding campaign um, and you know, we don't 
it's just good that he lifts the trophy. You know, he was in the centre of it all. He was in the mix of things uh, throughout the whole campaign, and and a good way for him to sign off his European honours with uh, with Leinster. You know, maybe we'll see him back one day. It's a tough way to leave for him. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But I, I think if you look through the squad. Um, there's always there's so many stories behind each player there. Like if you look at you know people just assume, obviously you say take Devin Toner, um, that's his fourth Heineken Cup medal. Yeah. But that's probably the first one he's really started. You know, where played 80 minutes in I don't know how many years, but the large majority of them. Then you look at a guy like Jordan Larmer who said at the start of the year he wanted to play Leinster A. <laughs> he's got a Grand Slam and Heineken Cup. You know, it's it's bananas. Or or then you've got to feel sorry for guys like Dave Carney who's not getting a mention. He's a phenomenal rugby player just had rotten luck. You know, Jamie retiring the year he did, uh, Sean O'Brien. Like there's, there's so many different layers behind it for different people. And Robbie Henshaw, I thought his season was finished, comes back. Um, a guy like Ross Byrne plays against Exeter, uh, comes on after five minutes, Leinster losing. It's at 17 3 with 14 men at one yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. And he turns around. You know, it's. I think that's why the Heineken Cup is so special, or the European Cup. Um, so much happens over that. And. and I think it's easy to get swept up in what happens in the final, but if you if you start digging through those matches pretty quickly, you remember some mad things that ha- that go on during it, you know, and and players who never thought they'd get a chance playing playing yeah. massive games. But that's where the strength of Irish squads come into it, like yeah. you know, and that that Leinster squad of if you do miss a player, one can step up. Like yeah. you look at like we've spoken loads here about Dan Levy, like you, sure Dan was nowhere near it, like and you've Van der Flyer and you've yeah. Sean ahead and as like even Jamie's Ruddock there, was playing there. Ruddock, you know, Ruddock, yeah, yeah. And yet he's he's there, you yeah. know, and he's stepping up and look it's phenomenal what they have. But even the teams they beat, like it's yeah. not like we were talking before and you're talking like they've beaten Glasgow, Montpellier, um Scarlets, yeah. so, so uh, next, Exeter. Yeah, next seat the odds for next season's Champions Cup are already out so it's 17-10 to 10 Leinster 5-1 to 1 Saracens and Montpellier 6-1 to 1 Exeter 15-2 to 2 Racing what have all those got in common? Leinster beat them Leinster beat them <laughs> Leinster beat some home and away but uh, like every time they played them or whoever they played they were yeah. like top of the Premiership top of top 14 Glasgow as well that's yeah. exactly yeah. Glasgow Scarlet's last season's Champions like Leinster knocked them all over this year it's mm. a phenomenal run only the second team after Saracens to win a 9 from 9 um, to season it's just it's extraordinary and it, we haven't talked about a lot James Ryan apart mm. from Pat when you asked Dunica like is James better than you basically yeah yeah. Um, but <laughs> Dunica Ryan like, as I said to him he should be proud of himself he went out and performed in the final but James Ryan was absolutely class like even in that first half where Leinster were struggling to get going he was the one guy who was getting them over the game line again making big tackles making big plays and just from start to finish and this guy like um, you know like haven't seen him like even from St. Michael's under 20s he always kind of knew he was going to be good he was going to make a breakthrough for Leinster before he, he badly tore his hamstring last season was out for a good few months but it was just a matter of time for this guy and he came in and he was absolutely brilliant and the, the whole game like um you know, he he just he was the he was the talisman. He's twenty one, like and he's twenty one. Yeah, plain lock like lock twenty one is like the equivalent of wing twelve. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just extraordinary. And we this is something else we were talking about. Um, the, the the quality of games in this run that he's on of, of not being beaten and yes, that's not really that important. It's just it's a nice thing to throw in. Mm. But he starts off with the USA in Japan. Then he's got dragons and southern kings. Okay, that's your first four games as a professional player. Then, Montpellier, Glasgow, Ulster, South Africa, Argentina, Exeter twice, Munster, Glasgow, Montpellier, France, Wales, Scotland, England, Saracen, Scarlets, Racing. It is 
top quality run. Like, it's extraordinary that he's unbeaten. Yeah, you run out of superlatives for him, don't you? Like, because yeah. every time he just keeps raising the bar and you're just waiting for him to have a quiet game and he doesn't. He just keeps he keeps producing and look, like, you got to give some credit as well, to, I think, to Dev in there as well and, like, he's learning from him there too and, but everything he does, like, I don't know, man, I just keep talking so much about him. He's superb. Like, you know, he's, like, MOM there at the weekend and everything he does, he's go forward, he's a breakdown. Like, and he doesn't look as as big, you know, shoulder-wise or anything like that, but he's man, something else. He can carry ball too. There's lads who had a 10-year international career wouldn't have achieved what he's achieved in, in one year, you know. It's unbelievable. But the other thing, and I, I don't know the circumstance around it, but you look at a guy like Joey Carberry, Ross Byrne, and all the chat going to Ulster and, and whatever, but like these guys just to bring it back again I don't know the exact statistic on how many guys Leinster used during that Iron Cup but if you start losing one or two you know suddenly this doesn't happen and these Johnny goes off against Exeter <coughs> excuse me and the backup just isn't there you know I think it, it, it's a huge thing I know these guys aren't playing on the absolute biggest days all the time but it's huge for Leinster and for Leo and, and Lancaster to bring these guys through to that level and then possibly get plucked you know it, it's, it's a pretty tricky one for the club hmm. Well, um, I think we'll leave that there and we might talk about that squad depth and what Leo does uh, for next week after the break. Murder, she wrote, is the perfect thing to watch during the day. You can watch the start, fall off for 40 minutes, come back, see the end, perfect. You know what I mean? You've missed nothing really. Remember, Rod right, Kev in the Kalina used to have to bring two TVs into the room, one for you for Cheltenham. <laughs> like every red-blooded male in the country, he'd be watching the horse racing, whereas I'd have a TV for myself for things like Murder, She Wrote and Houses Under the Hammer. Murder, She Wrote is the perfect thing to watch during the day. And we're back. Uh, so, first part of the show was all looking back. This part is looking forward. So, Leinster have to um, pick themselves up or keep themselves on an even keel, however you want to look at it. Because uh, they've got a big game against Munster at the RDS uh, this weekend. The, um, we were just talking there. None of us can remember the exact time that Leinster played Munster at the RDS zone it's been a long time yeah I don't, I don't know the reason why because obviously the Viva has a good record for us but um, it's a huge game huge I, and the lads didn't seem too beaten up I'm sure they were but I'd say they have a couple of big nights behind them now you know it's, it's the problem and I'm when we won it in 2012 with a couple of big big nights you know when it was trying to trying to uh, piece ourselves back together for that match I think we ran out of steam was down at home and uh, against Munster as well in a, in a Rabo semi-final with a Guinness uh, as it was then but a very difficult thing to do I, there's a couple of guys who've already won a couple of Heineken Cups obviously at this stage so hopefully the special kind of side of winning a double can maybe calm them down and and get them to uh, deliver for another two big weeks yeah. but it's a huge ask this might be easier psychologically if it was the other way around if the Pro 14 had been won and you're looking forward to the Champions Cup if you know what I mean not to denigrate the Pro 14 but mm-hmm. there is going to be an element of that yeah um, yeah. It's, it, to be honest it's hard to know like they're just finals a final you know it's a okay. huge effort um, but there is definitely that extra bit with the Heineken Cup there's no question mm-hmm. but there's a, a kind of I don't know. Did you make a few changes and put a few fresh bodies in and see how that goes? But again, if you're looking at it from a selfish point of view, as one of the guys playing 
it's only two games left for Leinster potentially you don't want to miss them either you know mm. but if you've had a big final and a big 48 hours afterwards it might be a bit tricky but yeah the man management part of this to be able to look players in the eye and know are you actually ready to go mm. here is going to be big this week yeah and I nobody's going to say they're not you know because yeah. everybody wants to play Munster in the ODS for a semi-final it just it doesn't get any bitter, bigger and you've played the whole season to get to this point um, and everyone wants to be part of it you know yeah. so it's some huge calls but I think would you would you make changes? Would you bring in you know let's say McGrath or a Healy? The, the places where you usually see the yeah. alternating players like slide in Ruddock into the back row that kind of thing. Would you make those changes or would you keep faith with the guys who who are on the on the pitch to start the game in Bilbao provided they're not injured? I think you probably maybe make a couple without going nuts, but um, there's probably a few lads pulled up with a lot of bangs after that game as well. You know, so I suppose you see how that goes. Like. Mm. Even Gibson Park, he was brilliant against the Scarlets. Um, pretty unlucky, obviously, then to miss out the way he did. Obviously, James Lowe maybe comes back in now. Um, there, yeah, it's really hard to know, but you, you just don't know how lads pulled up afterwards and and how they'll arrive to training today. Yeah, you know? exactly, Jimmy. If you're uh, if you're a monster, if you're a monster, you don't care what Leinster are doing. No, not at all. No, they've had they had a weekend off, um, so they'll be pretty focused. This is obviously their whole season, like you know. And I think you got to look at. Um, like the, it's going to be an easy week kind of physically for the Leinster boys they're not going to do too much they'll rest up and try and get all their bangs they'll, they'll be off feet I'd say they'll just kind of walk through some plays or there won't be any any bag work or any contact or anything like that yeah. but Munster will be certainly like they've had one eye on this for a couple of weeks now this has been their focus yeah. Leinster their main focus has been um, racing and now they've just got to flip it and, and change and kind of nearly hope to kind of keep going on the crest of the wave a little bit I agree with Owen I think a couple of changes should be made for, for Leinster but Munster certainly one 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 eye all over this like this is this is their final you know it's coming up here um, trying to turn over Leinster in their backyard and look it's it's going to be a great game you know and it's, it's good that they brought in um, the extra seating in the RDS as mm-hmm. well so um it's going to be a good game. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Now. So that'll bring it up to close to twenty thousand, mm. Pat. Yeah, yeah. I think it's extra seven hundred seats or something yeah. like that are, are available. So, um, yeah, should be should be a good one. And um, yeah, I, I like. I think if talking about yeah, Gibson Park actually was someone who came on and actually did well in the last uh, few stages of, of the of the Champions Cup final. And I um, I, I was left. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no, I agree. You did very well. I think that was. Yeah, it was one stage. Sexton absolutely ripped them out of it. Yeah, for that was yeah. probably the, that was probably the moment. And uh, but yeah, it was funny. I was kind of doing ratings and kind of. I think I've just one mistake. Did you one give any moment. tens this week? I gave uh, gave Ryan a ten. Yeah. But then I gave uh, Gibson Park a five, and I got absolutely stripped for Give him it. A five. Yeah. <laughs> I got stripped for it. Somebody said, "Who's the work experience guy doing doing the ratings?" Like, <laughs> so uh, I might have to go back and I, I could give him a retrospective six or seven here. I might have a look at it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> You're harsh. See, yeah. that's my, if you're coming off the bench, that's the starting level. You're, you start at a five, and then you go from there. Like, but uh, yeah, I think maybe him. And then the other one, I would, I would put Low in instead of Nisewa on the left wing as well. Let's instead of Nisewa. Yeah, I will, thought Nisewa had a. Um, will will Isa allow that? Yeah, he might not. Like, yeah, because yeah, then is Nisewa a guy you'd have on the bench as well? well you might actually, not. I the bigger question is with Sexton's injury, will they need Isa for kicking? That could be the one because they don't yeah, have Mc, they won't no have McFadden. Yeah. Um, so we we'll see how these decisions go uh, this week. But if you, if you're a monster, can you learn something from how Rassing played that Munster can use to make Leinster very very uncomfortable this weekend, Jimmy? Yeah, of course you can. You can look at that like that line speed they bring, that defence, that aggression, the breakdown. I think 
the problem for Munster is going to be if they can re- like keep doing that consistently for 80 minutes um, it's extremely hard to do to kind of the temptation is to get involved in those breakdowns to get involved in those skirmishes um, they've really just kind of got to frustrate Leinster as much as they can and then and then on the flip side then they're hoping that they get their opportunities and just it needs to be like the racing game nearly just get that but get points and, and keep that scoreboard taken over it's the small things that they need to do it's cup rugby um, it's 80 minutes and look we were extremely confident for Leinster before the final um, at the weekend and look at it as I say it's 80 minutes and it's it, it's who knows like I don't know I just I just think Leinster are way too strong unfortunately like I think the squad depth they have as Owen's mentioned um, they've like they've quality players who are ready to step in while months if they miss one or two it's kind of you're looking around um, going like is he as good as the person he's replacing I don't know Um but look, it's 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 all there for Munster. I think to have a crack at them, but I just I just can't see it. Hmm. Uh, so potentially an even bigger game this weekend is Ulster against Ospreys. Yeah, you were trying to sell that one to me earlier. I'm, weren't you? I'm yeah. trying to sell this notion <laughs> because <laughs> Ulster uh, Ulster to not be in the Champions Cup next season has significant knock-on mm. impact in terms of recruitment, all sorts of things. Um, <coughs> It's a big game for Munster against Leinster, obviously, but I think this Ulster one is a bit of a doozy. Uh, when you look when you look up north, uh, there's a lot of Leinster players, ex-Leinster players there. You know, Geordie's on the way. Yeah, um, I, it's a tough one. You know, I think um, they've had a tricky a tricky year. There's no question. Obviously, coaches and, and things off the field, and I think they just don't seem to be where they should be you know for, for whatever reason they just haven't clicked it um, I think it is a huge game and even the knock on effect it has to the Irish squad you know you do need people competing and you do need that depth again and if lads are missing out in that Heineken Cup rugby there's no question it'll it'll have a big especially effect especially coming up in a World Cup year yeah. we don't have a Stockdale you know okay Rory Best is Rory Best but the younger players who need yeah. that experience it's yeah, like going away to, you know, the Dragons away and, and, and certain places like that, they're just nowhere near international level, you know, and obviously you've still got playing Leinster, playing Glasgow and teams like that, but um, the teams and the exposure you get to the pressure of the Heineken Cup is just uh, miles apart, really, you know. Mm. What was it like when you, um, when you looking back to, I think one thing I always remember is the, the Claremont game away, Rosary is now retired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of games, that lad. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a nice guard of honour actually last weekend. They were yeah. superb. You could like the everything they did for him, but he completely deserves it. Like everything yeah. he's brought to the game and to, to French rugby and to Claremont. Like what a servant to French rugby, you know. He's and he's in the position he's played as well, like from moving in to the wing into thirteen and yeah, just his body's taken a hammering, but he, he's come through. He'll never have to buy a drink again in his life, that lad, will he? No, no pasties. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let, let's pr- predictions before we move on to Twitter questions. Uh, Leinster and Munster, Jimmy? Um, close, but I think Leinster are going to scrape it, though. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game, though. I think Munster are really going to come out of the blocks and really test to see where Leinster are. Yeah. Um, see if they still have that hangover, you know, and. Yeah, I just think Leinster are going to scrape it though. Owen? I'm, yeah, I'm biased, but I, I definitely think Leinster. I think, you know, if you even try not to be biased on it, I think if you look at it in the reality of it, Leinster are a better team at the moment. You know, they're further along, they've got that winning habit, and they're playing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there should be enough there if, if they've managed to turn themselves around for it Okay Pat Yeah I'd like I'd like to see Munster winning it um, but just because they've you know made such progress but I can see Leinster winning this by nearly 10 points 10 points are over I can see Leinster comfortably winning this game Yeah Bucky's have it at 8 um, so I'm, I think Jimmy's side of things as well yeah Leinster but but tight Yeah. Um, and if they do that two weeks in a row fair play to them mm-hmm. but uh, definitely it wouldn't be surprising to see Munster come up here and uh, and, and you know make people very very annoyed <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be the perfect uh, like it's spoiling the party isn't it like yeah. that's like the the pre-match uh, chat writes itself it's like they've won it we can go up ruin the whole party like what a downer it'd be like on a, a I've seen it in England before where teams have gone out and, and won Europe and then they've lost the semi mm-hmm. and it's yeah. from that high to that low like you know it's just like what do you do do you celebrate the end of the year like what do you like it's a tough one so so um, um, Ulster Ospreys um, where is it on Kingspan uh, Ulster oh, but not confident <laughs> not confident Ulster, Ulster but this look like you mentioned recruitment there like like Dan McFarlane's coming in, good coach, but he's not coming in until January. Like yeah. it's Un- unless the IRFU managed to oh, say, "Listen, it's, it's, here's it's, a load of money." But it's all that bollocks again. Like it, exactly, it's like why can't they do something correct? You know, like <laughs> yeah. here's a coach, have him in for next year. It's going to be another year now of even if Ulster do get through, they still have all this off-field stuff going on. Like they still have their coach isn't in place for pre-season. He's not implementing his strategy, his game plan. It's going to be oh, wait till Christmas, like. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not good enough, you know. And get a chance to do anything, you know. Comes in at Christmas, he's not having an effect for another two or three months, you know. It's and, impossible. And, yeah, and players. And who's gonna who, who are you gonna sign? Oh, we have a coach, but he's not gonna be here till. Yeah. Chat, and you're like, oh, okay. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's a hard sell. Like can like I know like Fez is always going on about it as well, and he's kind of softened a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but it's it's still not right. And I do I, actually think that I think Fez is going through his stages of grief. He's now gone from anger <laughs> into just quiet re- resignation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think, again you look at them there is a huge amount of talent up there and they just can't click it but I think they, they need somebody to come in um, and change the culture and change the mindset of it you know um, obviously David Humphreys had a big impact when he was there but probably in a different way he seemed to be more of a kind of a nearly a military type um, regime when he was there you know and that can only last so long before people go you know so this we're week, adults. this weekend, you reckon that they'll come out of it with a win? I do think so. Yeah, I think yeah. they're very tough to beat up there, okay. and they are good up there. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, I can see Ulster winning this. They're they're kind of in good form, and um, yeah, I can see them. And Ospreys, I know they've they've improved. They got the the big lads back playing for them, but they're just a, a rabble. So I can see Ulster winning. Potentially a big Ooh. game for a couple of guys finishing as well, isn't it? Mm, Reese yeah. Webb's off. Yeah, but yeah, even, on the bigger, Ulster side, I mean. Bigger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you know, a couple of serious stalwarts there with big, big careers up there, you know. So hopefully they get a good send off. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil the party. I think Ospreys are gonna make everyone cry. Um, I think they've got a lot of talent more than their league position has showed this year. So I think they're gonna win by about three. There you go. Done. Right. Sorry. Uh, Twitter questions. Okay. Thanks very much for sending these in, as always. Um, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at THYRugby and use the hashtag AskTHY if you want to get in a question for next week's show. First one um, from Talking Leinster. Who replaces Isnatewa as club captain? It's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I don't the know. Can, the candidates. Yeah, but well, certainly Johnny's up there, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
I think people would argue there's too much on his shoulders a kick or out half and all the rest but I don't think he cares he loves it um, and he wants to be that guy you know and if he's not going to be the captain he's certainly going to be making decisions anyway so he's probably my pick um, now you've obviously got the other issue that he's not going to be there you know for the full season he's going to be out a lot of the time That's the big, that was the big advantage in having Natewa as mm. club captain because he yeah. was there for all those dirty trips away when you know yeah. there weren't the same number of eyeballs but keeping those standards up yeah. that consistency yeah and it does make a huge difference like when you've got guys getting their first caps on a wet windy day in the middle of November when no one's really watching the Rabo League everyone's watching the Autumn Internationals mm. you know have a guy like Issa there it is huge but um, where else uh, who, there's probably so other guys the other I, thinking, I, I think it might be Reese Ruddock yeah and then you could actually see Sexton stepping up for the big game like he's done it so mm. far in Europe as well so I'd like to think Reese will get back into the international mm. set up as yeah, well is yeah, the problem yeah, though yeah. and uh, I agree with you like yeah. Reese as a person is a phenomenal leader and he's the kind of guy you want as a captain but again you hopefully have the problem uh, from Reese's point of view that he's playing for Ireland it's Fardy than the other one then yeah but Leinster have always kind of if you look at the way they've had some of the captains you've had like Kev and Geno mm-hmm. and these are lads who've been always around yeah. the club as opposed to like with Ireland yeah. the whole time mm-hmm. sporadically yeah maybe you can have I don't know if there was joint captains or mm-hmm. whatever way they worked it but they like to have the captain yeah. kind of there We, as you say setting a culture setting a tone every week so you're thinking like I don't know. It's a tough one. Like I like to have. I used to like to have my captain in the in the pack. Like you know, just because they're yeah. the cold face. I used to like not like a, a full back running up and having the chat. Like having a clue what's going on in the yeah, forwards. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's the going, Warren oh. Gatland uh, strategy. Warren Gatland's captains are always forwards. Mm. Always. Yeah. Uh, for for that reason, he wants he wants people up right there, right beside the ref, big arm around them. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, having a beer with them. Okay, next question. Um, okay, this is from Ivor Pabst. Should the foreign player rule, a recruitment by Irish provinces, be varied to compensate for the imbalance of talent depth by province, e.g., Connacht and Ulster to have more flexibility? Connacht do have more flexibility. Right, explain. Um, their their recruitment policy doesn't necessarily fall in line with um, what happens at Leinster, Munster, and Ulster. They have give they're given a little bit more leeway to sign more foreign players. Mm. Um, because it has to go through the um, uh, the players. What's it called? The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the board or whatever, and they have to the the players advisory group or something. Mm. Anyway, they have to sanction all signings and they seem to get a lot more leeway okay so that's it so example um, if Leinster are trying to sign a foreign scrum half the, that board are going to look around and go uh, no mm. We, mm. there's already you know <coughs> there's not enough players here to, to, to fill green jerseys in that position but if you're a Connacht person looking to do the same thing you might be saying yeah yeah he's good He'll it, it goes back to the depth chart again and they look at Leinster say at the moment Johnny uh, Joey and Ross Byrne you know, and they think, oh, there's three good tens. Ireland need the second one playing every week. You know, so that's obviously where the Ulster debate's coming. But mm. um, yeah, so they can start away, just try to go through that. And if if they see a, a break in the Irish setup with not three or four good guys coming up, they won't let you sign because they need guys coming coming down the track. You know. Mm. So it's it's not just the quality of player; it's the position as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, with the national head on, okay. 
there's a good question here. Um, it's it's a bit harsh, but we're going to ask it. Uh, so this is from Dermot. Was the Toma incident the worst play of the professional era? If not, which moment would stand out? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Clement oh. Poitrano wants a word. Um, that's what I will say. Do you remember when he oh, yeah. the Ralph Howley tried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was a stunner. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Leona drinking the beer, was that the same day? He <laughs> <laughs> was the hooker, wasn't he? Yeah. And he goes to the crowd, picks a beer off a fan and starts drinking it. During the game? Yeah, I think it was, it was somewhere around the game. He was, pretty, <laughs> he was certainly in the gear. I'm trying to get a memory of it now. But. The, uh, there's been a few over the years in sevens where uh, a player's been over the line and then swanned around yeah. and been picked up yeah. and not allowed dot the ball yeah. down Le Guise Amon I remember for London Irish yeah. did the big dive dropped it yeah. big dive as yeah. well he yeah. really yeah. went for that yeah. no one near him yeah. <laughs> they're the bad yeah. ones people waiting for Ashley Jeremy's to do that for years now yeah. Staunton Staunton running through looking around and the ball hitting off his knee that's a great call yeah yeah. what was that one where uh, Wasps won the Heineken Cup where it was a grubber. I think Owen Redden got the try, wasn't it? And it was all the. We're, we're about five minutes earlier then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Sorry, I'm on Bill Bow time. Yeah. Here, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. I think we'll end it on there. Uh, no, that no, note. I can't lose here at the end of it. <laughs> Uh, okay, make sure to use the hashtag AskTHY when you want a question, if you want to get a question in for next week. So, thanks to Pat, to Jimmy, to Owen, to Alan McNan for producing, and Shane Dempsey and Fiona Delaney were on production. We'll be back next Monday with a new podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. This has been The Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. The Hard Yards on Sports Joe. Brought to you by Innocent Super Smoothies. On the bright side. I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. Hi Rob, Zeeb's here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. Oh, and Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score!